Right, ATP Podcast, episode four now. My guest today is uh, Mr. Derek Pandorf. Derek is a fellow trainer, fitness enthusiast, and just a fan of kind of seeking an awesome life, I guess we'll say. Uh, Derek, why don't you, um, I did this the last couple times, like I said, I like where it's going. Why don't you give us a little bit of your history and uh, what brought you up to this point and anything that seemed significant to you in your life to bring you where you are today, and then we'll get into more about what you do now. Sounds good. Cool. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Um, first podcast episode ever I've ever done. Um, so as far as fitness goes, I was around 11 or 12 years old, and I first saw uh, Pumping Iron. So... My dad, I think I watched it with my dad. I honestly can't remember. But my dad, growing up, he was a, uh, in the military. He was a Marine. Um, so he was always like in shape. My parents had a, a basement gym pretty much everywhere we've lived. Right on. Um, I can't remember the brand of the gym we had, but it was like one of those, like you have a lat pull down. The lat pull down is also a pull up bar. Yeah. Um, there's a bench press, but you're like sitting upright. And it's one of those like bo- two... Bowflex type machines. But yeah. There's yeah. this really sketchy uh, uh, belt squat machine on the back of it <laughs> and like the, the pec tech thing that doesn't actually work. And then we had dumbbells from 15 pounds up to 30 pounds. So I remember watching Pump and Iron and I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger and Franco Colombo and I was obsessed. And I just wanted to be jacked from that time on. Yeah. So I started doing curls and like, I didn't even know what they were called at the time, but tricep extensions, like skull crushers. Um, We had a flat bench, so I would do pec flies, dumbbell flies. Um, Eventually, I got like a corn cob 1970s, 80s, like metal weight set, a bench, put that in my garage. I was benching like... I don't remember what the plates weigh. I think they were in 25-pound increments, right? Okay. So I'm stacking as many 25-pound like plates on the bar as I can and and five and a half pound plates and and it was probably like 130 pounds, but you know, in my mind it's like then, 200. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like 120 pounds body weight. Anyway, it was awesome. Uh I did rack pulls uh off concrete center blocks in my backyard. Um and I actually, I kind of got into some like Highland Games type shit when I was really young, is the cinder blocks that I would set the, the barbell on, once I was done with my deadlifts, I would practice like doing farmer's carries and then throwing them like yeah. overhead, almost like a like a keg toss. Where did you learn bar. all of this? Like where did you, so to um, learn how to deadlift, how to do all that? I don't think I really ever learned how to deadlift until... I mean, I might have seen it in Pumping Iron or some other... Well, like, how I mean, did like, you start out then, I guess? Like, what made you do those movements? What made you... I mean, I saw them in the, in okay. the film. So, and, yeah. then it, and then I think I got into YouTube. Uh, I'm, I can't even remember when, when YouTube actually came out. But um, I started looking up, like, fitness videos and okay. stuff I could do. Yeah. I remember Rich Piana was super big for me. <laughs> I was like... 13 or 14 when I first saw Rich Piana he was like eat whatever the hell you can and yeah. take all these supplements and then do 8 hour arm workouts so I started I remember actually doing an 8 hour arm workout in my basement no at shit. like 14 yeah with 30 pound dumbbells yeah just do I mean I got an 8 hour arm workout done in like 4 hours and I was like I'm not doing this for another 4 hours I've yeah. already done all the prescribed stuff you're supposed to do over 8 hours uh, and I feel like I'm going to tear something so 
I had no concept of what nutrition was or form or anything. You were just chasing um, that good pump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I also, I was in scouts when I was, I think I joined scouting when I was 12. And one of the couple years in, we had to do a personal fitness merit badge. And one of the guys uh, in my troop, one of my friends, his dad owned uh, a CrossFit gym. You know, okay. He was a, a like certified CrossFit coach. Yeah. Um, so he was like the personal fitness merit badge instructor, and we would meet for our merit badge requirements at his CrossFit box. So all of a sudden now I'm seeing dumbbells that go above 30 pounds, like <laughs> 65 pound dumbbells. That to me was crazy. I, the first time I actually deadlifted was at this box. After a couple weeks of um, like active progression like you pick whatever you want to progress at whether it's yeah. a squat and you learn how to do it properly at least yeah. how, how how someone thought was proper one person's point of view properly yeah right yeah, yeah. crossfit proper i mean crossfit has its place and yeah. metabolic conditioning has its place but when you throw metabolic conditioning and weightlifting movements into the same complex weightlifting movements yes, especially yes. Yeah. if you throw them into the into the mix with each other uh, and you don't understand how to use those tools properly, um, I think it's extremely detrimental. And it and, definitely was for me. And you're seeing that in the CrossFit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. it's everywhere you look, they're, they're one-way ticket to Snap City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I got hooked on working out there. I mean, the first time I ever truly squatted or deadlifted mm -hmm. a serious amount of weight was at that gym. Okay. Um, I actually don't think it even exists anymore. He, <laughs> he ran it into the ground. But uh, the first time I deadlifted, I deadlifted 265, and I thought, like, oh, my God, like, yeah. I'm the man. And then I saw, you know, videos of, of athletes in the CrossFit Games uh, deadlifting, like, 400 pounds. I'm like, damn, you know, I got some work to do. So... For about three years, I think I did CrossFit pretty seriously. Okay. And I grew up homeschooled, so, like, I didn't have a lot of other obligations in life. Yeah. So every chance I got, I was at this box. Like, I, I remember a period of about three months where all I did was work out at that gym. Like, <laughs> all my schoolwork I took with me. I got it done. I mean... I could I could potentially do a, a week's worth of work in a day. Okay. Right. Yeah. So two hours is nothing. Yeah. You know, in between class, I would do three class workouts a day, and then in between the class workouts, I would squat, bench. I would I might even squat, bench, and deadlift in the same day, and Jesus. then I was messing around on the gymnastics rings, like, and I'm I weigh maybe 130 pounds, yeah. and I weighed 130 pounds up until I was. 20. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. By that point, I might have bulked to 160, 165 at my heaviest, yeah. but I, I fluctuated between 135 and 165. So CrossFit was not good for me. I didn't eat. I was just a machine. During, during that period, were you sustaining a lot of injury or were you feeling beat down or what? I mean, you're a young guy though, so it's easier. It's harder to yeah, get broken. I, I, but, uh, it's that's that's a good question because I don't honestly remember. I remember I definitely felt like shit all the time. Yeah, and my mood was way off, and I had no idea, like I said, about nutrition or or like hormone levels either. Yeah, so I'm sure as a, as a kid, 
my test, I mean, my test obviously was super high being a young male, but doing all that physical activity, I'm sure probably drained it. Yeah. You know, with no recovery in between all that. Yeah. So, uh, part of all that is my fault. And, you know, I could probably blame that on a bunch of other people or external reasons, but I choose not to. Yeah. I'm where I want to be now. Fair enough. Um, so that's what got me started in strength training. Okay. So, um, I don't remember what year it was, but on YouTube somewhere, I was watching a CrossFit video and this dude, uh, I think it was Rob Orlando came on okay. who, who like had this whole CrossFit strongman thing, yeah. like a hybrid of, you know, lifted Atlas stones, farmer's carries, heavy yokes, um, with just like CrossFit mm -hmm. workouts, like super light, uh, I guess thrusters, yeah. you know, you never see thrusters in strongman ever. Um, so the guy that owned the, the CrossFit gym and I became pretty close friends, um, even though he was much older than me at the time. And, uh, I learned that there was a CrossFit strongman competition going on in South Carolina. So at the time I'm living in North Carolina, in South mm -hmm. Carolina, there's this competition. Um, I can't for the life of me remember the name of it, but, uh, a group of us got together and went down for this comp. I th I'm pretty sure I competed in the first one. It was like a 600-pound tire flip, um, Atlas stone medley, uh, keg, log axle bar medley, and I think there might have been a farmer event or like a yoke carry event. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that two years in a row, and then I think that gym got shut down. It was like a massive um, uh, train... A garage junction like there was an uh, old old track yeah out back um with a huge like concrete dock and that's where they would do like the the atlas stone lift uh, you lift it there. set it up on yeah and then you do the last one for reps so like you set it up on the dock and then somebody rolls it back to you and you gotta let get out of the way before it crushes you and then keep lifting it for time. okay so I'm still only weighed like 130 pounds. Damn. I'm pretty sure I placed top 10. Is there a weight, what, what weight class is that in for? Uh, there was a lightweight and a heavyweight, oh. which is actually how uh, amateur strongman works now, too. Okay. Is there's, a, there's just one weight, and if you're above or below, yes, that's it. Yes. So right now, uh, I just competed in um, um, a United States strongman competition in mm -hmm. October, October 5th, Battle, uh, or no, Melee of Might. Okay. Um, and so there's basically powerlifting, right? There's right. all these leagues you can participate in, yeah. different rules for each one, different weight classes. Some use kilo plates, some use pounds, some pull sumo, some don't. Right. Some allow conventional, right? In Strongman right now, there's two leagues that I know of, and that's uh, Strongman Corporation and United States Strongman. Okay. Uh, so in United States Strongman, you have uh, 220 and under, novice mm -hmm. and then 220 and over so lightweight and heavyweight okay then you get into like ranked uh weight classes uh and those are similar to powerlifting. like i think there's a 195 or 198 class mm. um the only difference between the two is uh, the two federations uh, if you want to call them is uh the novice weight class is 231 and under and 231 and over rather okay. than 220 so that's it um 
But going back to, so you were competing in the strongman side. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, uh, despite my, my size, and I was, I think, I was 16 first comp I did. Okay. And on the waiver, it was like, oh, yeah, you got to be 18. So I got somebody to vouch for me. I didn't yeah. like, oh, I don't have my driver's license on me. <laughs> so I'm like the youngest competitor, the lightest competitor, yeah. probably the smallest. And I still managed to place, I think, top 10 out of... 75 to 80 people wow. in lightweight That's on impressive. the stone medley just because I got the reps in. And that was all because of my conditioning. Yeah. And I had watched so many videos of Atlas Stones and I had drilled. I mean, I had a buddy, really close friend growing up. Uh, we're not friends anymore, but um, he lived in this sort of forested community without a lot of neighbors. Mm-hmm. Had a, a shed gym, ton of weights, squat rack, bench. The whole nine yards so we would do like strongman style workouts at his place i mean we would get into all kinds of crazy shit i mean we do uh uh bear you know what a bear complex is right no bear complex is uh you do a clean you squat you press jerk split jerk whatever yeah drop it on your back back squat push again okay i've one complex I've done right? similar things i've never heard it called bear yeah yeah, yeah. bear complex we also I, i'm sure there's a name for it but we came up with a uh a snatch complex that we coined a, a sasquatch complex <laughs> which is similar to a bear complex except it's just a snatch rather than a clean yeah um i remember we had a, a giant log in his front yard at one time we called the pig and it must have weighed like 600 pounds. Jesus. Yeah, so we'd flip that thing around. I remember we team carried it, like we cleaned it and then set it on our shoulders. And he was a bigger dude. He must have been like 210, 215. And I'm still like maybe pushing 140, 145. Yeah. And, and eating and not like for the life of me, I couldn't understand like what was wrong. And it was just zero recovery, zero nutrition. Um, so... But yeah, the, both those competitions went great both years, um, and I just fell in love with strength sports and okay. strongman. And uh, so back to my friend, uh, he had this creek down the house from him, and we'd go down to this creek and like pull out massive rocks and do natural stone lifting with, which is then when um, I found out about the Husafell stone in mm-hmm. Iceland. Yeah, and uh, I saw that event they did with it, and like. I want to say it was the 80s when they actually did World's Strongest Man in Iceland. Yeah. And they carry the Husafell stone for time. I remember seeing that. That was pretty damn gnarly. Um, so I've had a passion for stone lifting specifically for a long time now. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I see that about, about that you. All day. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Your current endeavor, and we'll, we'll probably talk about that, but I guess. I mean, we might as well now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, on my off days right now, uh, so I, my lifting schedule lately has been kind of all over the place because uh, I've been doing a lot of traveling. I have a lot of other stuff going on, but um, ideally on my days off of lifting, I try to walk two to three miles just yeah. for recovery purposes. Yeah. Also, keep from getting too fat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because that's a problem now. All of a sudden. <laughs> um, yeah. Isn't it weird how like. It's either you struggle to put on size or you struggle to only put on good size. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I would I would much rather be you know two hundred pounds now and a oh, little me bit too. of fat. Yeah. Rather yeah. Than, I'd rather be a little extra chunky than for sure. Not be able to yeah. put on anything. Yeah. So there's this nature trail that I walk 
fairly regularly uh, right outside where I live right now. And uh, one day I'm walking, you know, usual routine. And uh, um, there's not a, a ton of nature or, or woods around the area, uh, but there's enough. And there's this dried up creek that uh, you got to walk this bridge to get over it. So I'm walking the bridge and uh, uh, I looked to my left and there's this stone kind of peering out of the dirt. And I'm looking at it. It looks pretty smooth. It looks pretty round. Like, I definitely want to lift this. So I hiked down <laughs> through the bushes, walked down to it. I realize it is way bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. Most of it is underground. I flip it up on one side, look on the underside of it. My one rule for natural stone lifting is if you disturb a rock and there's anything living under it that's fairly significant, you just put it back. Oh, uh, okay. Just because I, I mean... I don't like disturbing things that don't need to be disturbed. That's yeah. all, you know. Huh. Uh, I don't. I get that. I don't like the. I feel like everybody has karmic debt, and you can either put in, you know, a posit like a deposit, positive deposits. Yeah. Or you can withdraw. withdraw. Yeah. Negativity, or vice versa. You can deposit negativity, and that's what you, what's going to gain interest, and you're going to withdraw. Yeah. Right. So uh, even something as as simple and and maybe idiotic as that, I don't fuck with it. So, but this this one didn't. This one miraculously, there's nothing underneath. It's right. it's just slightly wet uh, layer of clay on the bottom of it. But it's amazing. It's a actually it's up on my uh, Instagram page at Panzer Vlad. If you want to go check it out, that's oh, yeah. P A N Z E R underscore V L A D. There's a video of me lifting it. But basically, it's it's V shaped or heart shaped yeah it looks a lot like the Husafell stone just much smaller um perfect for lifting so i figure out the leverage on it i get it into my lap uh hug it and then stand up with it and then i carry it for a distance and uh, being an off day i had no other obligations for the day i quick run home grab a scale out of my bathroom run back to the trail find where I stat I like rolled the stone into the bushes so nobody yeah. would mess with it um, get it onto the scale like on a flat level surface and the scale reads 252 253 hell yeah yeah uh, so it, if you know anything about strongman you know about um, full sturker you heard of that before mm -mm. anybody listening full sturker is um, uh, goes back to the stone lifting culture in Iceland which uh, basically there was I don't I can't remember exactly where it is in Iceland, I think it's on the eastern coast. There's a place where there's uh, several stones that were used historically to gauge how much of a share of a of a fishing boat a man would receive by lifting each stone, and the names for the the stones were. Um, the heaviest stone was full sturker. Mm. I believe the full sturker stone is 340 some odd pounds. Okay. So to lift the full strength stone, the full sturker means full strength. Yeah. Uh, you would get a full share on the fishing crew. Okay. Uh, if you could lift the half strength stone, the half sturker stone, you get a half a share. If you couldn't lift that stone, I don't even know if you could go out with the crew. But the half sturker stone, I think, weighs. 230, okay. 240. Yeah. So a 250-pound stone is considered a half-strength half, stone, yeah. which I was like, that's 
pretty badass just yeah, to find awesome. a stone laying around. Yeah, I know for, for people listening that, that don't know, lifting a 250 pound stone is a lot different than doing a 250 pound deadlift. The leverage is you need and the way the weight's distributed, it's 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 much harder. So if anyone's sitting there like 250 pounds, that's easy. Uh, it's not. <laughs> yeah, feel free to come join me. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, and that's why I love it too is it's awkward not everybody can do it yeah. it's really impressive it, it, it takes super... real legitimate strength not just a, I mean it, it does take technique and leverages but right. you, you can't really cheat it no <laughs> yeah it, it is I mean it is a lot like a deadlift a deadlift you don't have the buildup of the eccentric portion of the lift to get mm -hmm. like a, a stretch in your muscle yeah to, no stretch generate some, yeah no yeah. none so I mean that's why the deadlift to me is the king of all lifts. Yeah. I mean it is a true measure of that's your the raw lift. strength. Yeah. yeah. I mean there's some things you can do to to help yourself out. But to exaggerate on that, that the the stone was even more true because it's not balanced like a deadlift and it's not this easy to grab bar. You know, right. It's it's yeah it's a difficult task. And it looks fucking cool. And right? yeah, just like badass <laughs> shit. Yeah. Walking around with a big stone. So it's, anyway, after you weighed it, it's 250. So tell us about your your new endeavor with the. Right, so the stone itself lies on a path, uh, like a nature walk loop that's about a mile long. And my goal is to accumulate an entire mile carrying the stone mm -hmm. over time. I'd, I'd say um, I could probably accomplish it in a year. Yeah. Uh, but if it takes me longer, I'm not going to be bummed out about it. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, it is a heavy stone, and carrying it for any distance is a chore, uh, especially if you've already deadlifted or squatted or done any compound moving right. during the week. Yeah. You will feel it yeah. carrying the stone. I definitely, the last time I picked it up, I was having issues with my biceps. Mm -hmm. um, and then my next bench press session, you know, I was much less recovered because of lifting the stone. Yeah. So if it if it does take longer to do, I'm totally fine because ultimately I have other goals that I would still like to achieve. Yeah. Um, but it'll for sure happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I I invited uh, I made a a post about it on Instagram. Anybody who wants to join me is free to do so if you're in the. Uh, Southwest Ohio. Region. What's the uh, furthest you think you've carried it so far in one stretch? Best guess. I mean, I mean that's hard to measure, but 60, 70 feet. Damn, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, so it, is it just you just you get it that one time and then wherever it ends, you drop it and leave it and continue on your walk? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, there's no second chance. No. You got to get what you no. get done that day. Yeah, I might uh, I might fail the lift off. Okay. Once and I can I'll reattempt that, but I will not pick it up a second time after okay. I drop it. Yeah. After I've carried it a distance. So um but that's cool. And that's just, you know, part of the saga, you know, building your own story, building your own fame. Is just doing cool stuff like yeah, that. Just I, for the sake of it. Like yeah. why not? I mean, and that's that's functional fitness right there. Yeah. If you want to talk about, you know, functional. Um it's like a, a kind of a demonized word in the in the fitness industry today, but I mean, if all you do is lift weights, you know, you'd squat, bench, and deadlift just to be better at squat, bench, and deadlift. That's cool. But if you see a big rock on the side of the road, like, don't you want to pick it up? Yeah. And and being better at squat, benching, and deadlifting, and movement in general, being stronger and all those things, is helpful for life. Not, I mean, not even just to have a good time and and fuck around in the woods picking up rocks. But you know, if you have a manual labor job. Yeah. Or, or you got to I mean, move your couch with your friend. I mean, yeah, how many say, times do you have to move some shit? And it's either 
you got to do it yourself. You got to pay a pretty penny to get someone else to do it. And exactly. Which and I've also been asked to move a lot of things yeah. because I am. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah. I get that. Which I'm totally okay with. It's because like, I love. Oh, it. I like moving know, things. There, there's this the the um, the stigma that you know you're big, dumb, and stupid, and we're totally we're probably um, lifters in general. Anyone who's been lifting for a long enough period of time uh, to to get an idea of what training actually like. There's working out and there's training. Right. Anybody who understands what training is. Is is a very intelligent person. Yeah. Um, you know, there are some meatheads out there that are really goddamn strong, and you know, sometimes I envy them. Yeah. But I would much rather know what I know and have the strength that I do. Uh, it's it it has improved my quality of life greatly over yeah. the years. So, so from there, going back to uh, your path toward training, I guess what. What was the turning point where you were like, okay, I want to be a trainer like this. That's what I want to do. Not just so you were already into working out and you like that, but as far as you want to train people, you want to share this experience with other people and help them on their path. That's great because that's not something that I even realized until the last uh, year, year and a half. So I've done all kinds of odd jobs throughout my life. I've done construction in different capacities, uh, demolition, um, a lot of trade work, uh, worked retail and grocery stores. Uh, I've done farm work. Farm work by far is, was the best Yeah, uh, because it, it was, it was physical, but you're able to be outside too, yeah. which, which is a big thing for me. Um, really it was about a year and a half ago. Um, I was up in Maine living in this cabin off grid. Uh, working on a farm <laughs> and um, things were not going well in life I had a, a, a girl living with me at the time uh, we broke up she moved out uh, which was the best thing that happened to me but yeah. at the time like the time my head, sucks my head was yeah. all jacked up uh, doesn't matter how bad a relationship is then the immediate end of it it's, yeah. there's always some yeah, yeah it sucks but um, it was a good thing and so I, like I'm living off grid I don't have power at night, I'm oh, using wow. candles for light. Oh, oh yeah, shit. it was it was hardcore, and I loved every minute of it. Yeah, but if you're not in the right headspace, and you blow out that last candle, and you're left with your thoughts and absolute silence, it is it is a very, um, it's a very monastic experience. Yeah. It's very religious. Okay, <laughs> so I just started. You know, questioning what I was doing with my life, yeah. and you know, am I just gonna be some vagabond beatnik? Which, I mean, if if you are a vagabond beatnik and you're listening to this, like, I mean, do you? But if you want more out of life, don't be afraid to seek it out. Yeah, and that's basically where I came to. Um, so I I left Maine and I moved uh, here to live with my family for a time uh, in Ohio, and. So I worked at FedEx over the wintertime, and that absolutely sucked. <laughs> but over the summer, I did a lot of training on my own, very rudimentary, like may swinging, um, yeah. very basic compound movements. Like I had a barbell and 225 pounds worth of plates. So I do deadlifts. I do like zerker squats, floor press. Um, so I got to thinking, you know, it's been... I'm 23 now, and I started lifting when I was around 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. I've been lifting weights for a pretty long time, and I I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Because by now I'm starting to actually see results. I'm I'm 
I've put on some size. You know, I'm not a stick boy anymore. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I understand how to gain strength. Yeah. So I think that was the, the seed that was planted for, you know, why don't I just become a personal trainer? Um, but the conversation I had with myself about that didn't happen until I got here. So working at FedEx, um, I mean, it was just pretty brutal on my body because uh, I was training really hard at the time. Well, as hard as you can train in a YMCA. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and not I, to I'm trash the Y, but yeah. uh, you can only do so much there. Yeah, you, you can only go so far if you're if you're trying to be. I mean, really, my idea was, why don't I just train like a professional athlete? Yeah. I mean, uh, any of these power lifters that you see on YouTube or fitness influencers, you know, whether it's Larry Wheels or, um, you know, you see the mountain yeah. doing his thing. Anybody can have that mentality and train that way and see results. It's yeah. just you have to put in the work uh, and be consistent. Mm -hmm. Just willing to do that day in and day out. And you will see results. And that's what happened to me. So... You know, I'm working, doing stuff that I don't really want to do, making money for uh, making other people's dreams a reality, basically. And so I'm thinking, well, what can I do? What is my strength? What is my skill? Because that's my whole life has been strength. Mm. How do I how do I get stronger? Yeah. So how do I get stronger in my own life? Like, what do I want to do? And I realize I've put in the man hours on this this physical training thing why don't I pursue that so I go online and uh, I look up like the best personal training certificate I can get yeah found NASM yeah uh, bought the basic level trainer course studied it uh, loved the material and I, I actually realized how much I, I already knew I just didn't know I knew yeah it, and it's amazing how how much knowledge you do accumulate over such a vast period of time. Mm -hmm. But when it's finally put in front of you in a structure that you can understand, all of a sudden it's no longer intuitive. Yeah. Now it's fact. Now you know that you know it. Now you have some confidence behind that. And now you can actually apply it, not just to yourself, mm -hmm. but to other people. Yeah. And that's the game changer for me. Okay. Um, so getting a, getting a certificate was actually huge because before that I just thought I was a meathead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was which is a cool way to live, but um, um, I definitely feel way more fulfilled now. So got my certificate, passed the test, uh, and then I just started looking for people to train. Uh, there's a couple people right now that I do, a couple friends that I do their programming for. Just because they were dissatisfied with their own, like I got, a, I have a friend who's run five three one for years. And yeah, he was like, um, you know, I'm tired of this. Can you give me something? So I worked with him, and he's seeing great results. Um, he actually is. Well, he's a chef. Uh, he broke his ankle. I can't remember what he was doing, but he broke his ankle and he couldn't squat for the longest time. And then he finally got back into lifting and squatting regularly. And his squat was like poverty levels. Like he was having issues pushing 225. So I helped him with his, uh, his ankle mobility and now he's pushing like well over three plates. Okay, uh, right on. Uh, and he's a, he's a family guy. He's a chef full time. He's opening his own restaurant. Um, I don't know the name of it right now. Otherwise, I'd totally shout it out. Yeah. But um, it's been a great trip for me. 
uh, it, it, everything's come full circle. And it's yeah. like, this is definitely what I'm supposed to do. So where, where are you right now then in your vision for your, in relates to what it, well, what is your long term? I guess one and where are you, where do you stand right now in that? And what do you think is your next, uh, next move? Uh, me personally, I'm going to continue to train in strength sports myself just because I feel like if I'm not continuing to push my limits, mm-hmm. uh, why would anybody else trust yeah. me to train them and help them push their No, limits? exactly. My my thing as a trainer is not, I'm not going to put anyone through anything I haven't personally done. Whether the, and maybe, maybe at, you know, maybe I haven't done it to their ability because they might be a better athlete than I was, but at least, I, you know, this is something I've done. I know what it feels like and how right. it is. So it's like, I'm not just telling you bullshit that I read in a magazine somewhere and be like, oh, this works, trust me. No, like, I, this works because I think it works because I fucking tried it. You right, know? exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I get that. Um, so I'm going to continue doing that. Um, pretty much, and now I don't know if you really want to touch on uh, spirituality or any of that. Yeah, man, but it, that plays a huge I mean, role in everything. My spiritual belief is one of complete strength. And my ultimate purpose in life is to help people get stronger. Mm-hmm. And physical strength... I was going to say, what does that mean to you to get stronger? So physical training is never just physical. Uh, and it, it seeps into every other part of life. That's what I want to help people focus on. Because that's what I never realized as like, oh, I'm lifting weights. Uh, you know... This is just what I'm like. It's separate from everything else. But as you get stronger physically, you can a do more physically outside of the gym. Like if you have a manual labor type job, mm-hmm. if you're running a, a construction business and you gotta hop on the line with your guys one day putting up a roof. Yeah, you know, it's like you can set the example for the kind of job that you want done, and then everybody else is gonna work that much better because they see you. Yeah, get, getting out there, getting after it, and they're like. I want to be like that guy. Yeah. Um, you also become way more mentally tough, especially with like bodybuilding and hypertrophy. You get into that. Uh, the reps that count that make the muscle tissue grow is what hurts the absolute worst. Yeah. And it's the same way in life is you get to that, that point where the muscle is, is stretched and taxed and full of blood and pain and you don't want to go on anymore, but you push it those extra two reps and that's where you grow as a person in mm-hmm. life. Um, a great example of that is in business. Like you're struggling to make money or you're struggling to uh, figure out how your system is gonna work. You just, you put in those extra two hours. You know, you're up, you're working 16, 17 hour days. Yeah. You're trying to figure out how do I work this system? How do I, how do I reach these people? And you, you just add in another two hours on top of that. And might, that might be the, the breakthrough two hours. Um, I mean, that same, the same uh, order of operations, okay. you can apply that to anything in life. Yeah. Uh, and it took me almost 10 years to, to truly realize that. Yeah. Um, well, that's the, that's the purpose. One of the purposes of this podcast is the overlap because that's, again, what I really like about my job is the a lot that you accomplish in the gym, you just apply the same strategy and you can pretty much do anything else outside. Like it's, it's like you right. said, it's the same thing. It's, it's just not directly, maybe physically the same, but other than that, it's the same strategy. It's the same mental block you got to push through. It's the same attitude. 
and it has so much carryover from in here to out there and vice versa. Right. Yeah. And so you're pursuing being stronger for yourself. Um, what kind of goals do you have right now? What, what does that mean for you? Um, well, this year I just hit 500 pounds on deadlift, which is like... Right on, brother. <laughs> the end of the beginning. Hell yeah. Uh, so in the next two years, I'd love to have 600 plus on deadlift. Um, right now I got to bring a squat up at, well, and bench to match that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because for the longest time, that's what I was committed to. Uh, which I, I believe you kind of have to do. If you want to get something to not just good enough, but like, I almost don't even want to say excellent. Quality movement takes time. Mm-hmm. You need at least 10,000 reps before a deadlift, a bench, or a squat is going to look good. Yeah. Or an Olympic lift. Uh, or doing anything else. It's 10,000 hours, 10,000 reps. 10,000 whatever units of measurement is usually like the That's base. kind of the gold standard for mastery. Well, I, not even mastery. To me, it's like the beginning of mastery. Okay. The, the taste of mastery, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, You're now in that class. Yes. You have passed the threshold. Right. And now you can begin to actually learn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because now you're starting to, now you don't have to worry about the basics. The basics are second nature. And now everything else is, it comes next. Like, basics have been mastered. You're, you're on the next level of evolution. Right? I gotcha. Um, bench, I'd love to bench over 365 in the next two years yeah. which is still pretty low but I'm also I'm only way 200 pounds and I don't plan on being over 215 um, so what, what reason for, for all these numbers and why 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 is that your goal why the why chasing a number just out of curiosity it's pretty much just off the top of my head I, I want a, a well above average level of strength before I try to pursue anything else. Like okay. one of my lifetime goals is hike the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be almost to to like a record number on bench for me. Like that's a number set in my head for however many years long, mm. and then go and do something that's highly catabolic, like hiking with weight on your back. I got you. Very little food, yeah. and then come back and I'm like, man, I can barely push you know 250 on bench. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of things that I want to do in life. So being strong is not the only thing, but right now that's the focus. And yeah. in order to make that work as best you can, that has to be a priority and anything that detracts from that, even though it may be good for you in some other sense, right, right now it's not what you need. Everything is a sacrifice to something else. Yeah. So I right now I'm sacrificing a bunch of things. Like I, I have the potential to travel a lot. Uh, and maybe make some money doing that. Mm-hmm. But right now, strength is a priority in life. Okay. And strength requires order, balance, consistency. Yeah. Which I'm loving right now. And uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I'm I ain't gonna There you go. <laughs> I ain't gonna break that down right. for a while. Uh so yeah, three sixty five on bench, um mid four hundreds on squat. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing too serious. And then, um, I mean, I'd really love, especially after that martial arts class we did today, or the the combative self-defense, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I'd love to get into jujitsu or some kind of martial art in yeah. the future, which uh, obviously 
martial arts and, and strength training are pretty closely related. And I mean, a lot of guys will say um, in jujitsu, and I, I know nothing about jujitsu, so don't quote me here, but yeah. um, you know, they'll say strength has nothing to do with jujitsu, it's all technique. But I've rolled a few times, and I can tell you that. Being stronger, yes, is absolutely oh, yeah. a benefit in martial I can, arts. I can tell you from, I mean, it's not necessarily traditional martial arts, but it is. Wrestling is a martial art. Oh, absolutely. And I, I wrestled one year in high school and with no experience beforehand. And, again, no super accomplishment. I was a freshman GCL champ, so not even, not even varsity, whatever. But I beat a lot of people that had wrestled for, you know, 10-plus years because, guess what? I had a different level of strength than they had, and that was that was my only advantage. I, you know, right, I went in. Right. They taught me. They literally only taught me two moves and said, "You're not going to be able to learn anything else. Get really good at these because you're really strong, and this will help." And and yeah, like you said, for the, some people say it's not now. When strength is equal, technique plays. I, I would even say technique plays more of a role when strength is more on a level playing field. Even right. it doesn't even have to be super close like you like I could be stronger than you but if I know nothing and you're pretty much just as strong as me you're gonna kick my ass because you know everything right right but uh it definitely does play a factor though in, in having that strength and just that resiliency right. like you said yeah so I, I can see that but so that's something that you're interested in though is starting some martial arts up yeah, and I think any any man worth their salt needs to know how to defend himself and his family. Yeah. And, and any keyboard warrior can say, like, oh, I'll kick your ass if I ever met you in real life. But right. it's like, could you actually? Yeah. You know, have you trained this? Well, and the funny thing is most people that have that capability and train like that, they're not the people that are trying to kick anyone's ass. Right. They're the people that are like, I'm, I don't have anything to prove. This is... If I need to use it, I use it, but I'm not here. It's not a circus act for me. It's not a puff my chest thing. It's right. it's a discipline. Yeah. Right. That's what's really cool about it. Anyway, sorry, get you back off topic again. No, you're good, man. But uh, um, just some of your goals. And, and again, I do want to get back to a little bit of what your, your vision is as far as being a trainer and what you hope to accomplish with that one day. Uh, if, if anything, if well, you know, or what the next step you even think is. My, th- I mean, I love strength training specifically yeah and i think you can actually train some mobility in proper motor patterns through strength training yeah um what i really want to do is just open it up to more people Mm because even today like i'll talk to people about um well like pumping iron for instance is like most people that i know know what that movie is but there's a right. lot of people who have no idea what like I say oh you know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is right yeah oh yeah Conan the Barbarian uh, the Terminator and I'm like yeah. okay you know you ever seen Pumping Iron uh, no what's that and like they don't know yeah. what bodybuilding is which is not a crime by any means no but uh, I still think there's this this stigma around big jacked dudes walking around oh, yeah. that like people are disturbed by that somehow and I mean a lot of those dudes, you're never going to... The average person is never going to be that big. No. I mean, there's a lot of things the, that go into There's a that. lot of genetics that play in. There's a lot of hard work and other and, things. Yeah. But uh, We won't get into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a podcast on its own. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really just want to make strength training more attractive and more accessible to people. And I think today, more than ever, it is. It I is. I, I heard... Uh, I can't remember what podcast it was. Um, I listened to a bunch 
but somebody was saying powerlifting in the last 10 years has grown exponentially. Yeah. I mean, just powerlifting. That's not Olympic weightlifting. That's mm -hmm. not strongman. I would say CrossFit would be considered a strength sport. Yeah. Just because there is aspects of weightlifting yeah, and strongman absolutely. that are involved. Um, the more people that start lifting barbells, the more... That's pretty much my mission. I just want to get everybody deadlifting, everybody squatting, okay. everybody benching. Yeah. If you have the capability to do it, like mobility-wise, mm -hmm. and there are no health risks to it for you, I want you to get in and do it because of all the lessons that I've learned from it, I believe, especially today, yeah. people need to do that. Okay. It, it's. It, I think it's going to increase their quality. How much... How much um work outside of the barbell do you do and how much of that do you consider as far as training um i actually do a decent amount because uh, i see you do some stuff that's you know off the charts a little bit and interesting yeah. and it's not traditional and you well, do like as with an the example, what's what's off the charts to you uh like the neck training you do that's not a lot i don't see that a oh lot, yeah you know yeah um, and, I'm, and by off the charts i don't mean that that's I'm not, that's not unnecessary, it's not useful, that's not what I mean, I mean, it's not your typical what you see, you know, that's, right. if you went to go look up on the internet, oh, what's some good exercises to do, you don't see that. Right. Yeah. Um, the neck training is great, and that's something that I've implemented very, very recently. Um, basically, I saw Jailhouse Strong's uh, Tactical Shield uh, book. Mm -hmm. uh, training methodology on Amazon and I bought it so I read about it and it, it directly targets the neck and upper back um, so right now I'm, I'm on a kick of getting my bench stronger and breaking all that down and like trying to build my upper back up and then a lot of people neglect the neck as like a muscle group mm -hmm. uh, and how much it does actually translate to strength but I've also had neck problems for a very long time. Like I, as a kid, I mean, I was small. Yeah. And uh, I had an attitude, so I ended up getting into fights with a lot of dudes who are bigger than me, and I got dropped on my head a lot. Uh, so my neck has been jacked up for a long time. Okay. So I've I've been doing a lot of things. I've done acupuncture to relieve some stress on that. Yeah. Uh, part of my body. Um, I've done some mobility work. Um, I've even I've gone to physical therapy for it before. Um, so what I found is I, I need to strengthen my neck more. So I started looking for things to do to be able to do that. So I found this Jailhouse Strong Kindle book, bought it, downloaded it, and it's basically just isolating all the muscles of the neck and putting them through uh, a full range of motion mm -hmm. to build dense muscle tissue. Um, if I'm honest, I'm mostly doing it because, I mean, who doesn't want to have a big neck? Yeah. But then you find Why out not? all Absolutely. the other benefits. You yeah. Know, you get into a car crash, uh, you're less likely to have a brain injury or any kind of head trauma. You're way less likely to get knocked out in a fight. Not that I'm you know, walking around looking to get into fights, but right. you know, if you can prevent something, why not? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's also how I view training as well. A lot of my accessory work, although it, it isn't necessary, it looks like a lot of bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of it I do specifically to prevent overuse injuries. Mm -hmm. So if I do a certain amount of pressing, um, I'll do twice as much specific back work uh, for my traps and my lats and rear delts and all that. Because mm -hmm. uh, if I don't, I'll sleep funny one night and wake up and then now I have shoulder, shoulder impingement. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and I'm, I've dealt with that for years and I'm sick of that. So, um, that's part of my methodology there. But, um, yeah, the next stuff, it, it, it does look far out. I mean, putting a plate on your forehead and doing, you know, neck flexion. Yeah. Uh, but it absolutely works. Yeah. And my neck feels better than it ever has. There I mean, you, go. you could probably wrench on it all day and I'd be <laughs> solid now. Yeah. Before it was like, I mean, I was convinced I had arthritis. And I mean, at 23, arthritis is not cool. No. So I definitely don't. Um, and life is great because of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So I noticed you do a lot of uh, mace work as well. What what started that and what, what kind of things do you accomplish doing there? That's a long story. Um, so my good friend Cody, shout out to Cody. Uh, you follow him at Wander Fogel Official. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-V-O-G-E-L official on Instagram. Um, yeah, that was something that he started doing um, a while back. Um, I saw a video of him doing it. I think he texted it to me in a, in a text conversation. He was mm -hmm. like, oh, check this out. I'd never heard of it before. Okay. Um, so I started doing some research on it because obviously I had no idea what it was. And so for those listening, a mace is, um, actually, I don't even know what to call it. It's, it's like a kettlebell. It's in the category of kettlebells and, and like odd objects that yeah. you can lift. I mean, it's it's pretty close to a medieval mace of what you would think. Uh, it's, yeah. it's why they name it that. It's structured off of that, essentially. But uh, Right. So historically... Uh, it's a an Indian tool, like from the subcontinent, mm -hmm. um, and their word for it, they call it a gada. Okay. Um, and they would, I think it's actually, they used it uh, in prehistory as a weapon in, in combat. Yeah. Obviously, they would be pretty light. Um, but one of their martial arts they train, uh, it, it's some form of wrestling. I think it's called a kara wrestling, hmm. I want to say. Um, I might be wrong, yeah. Uh, but there's these, I mean, wrestlers, and one of their accessories to their wrestling training is gata swinging or mace swinging. Hmm. And um, I mean, if you look up gata swinging on YouTube, there'll be a bunch of videos that pop up of it, Indian guys just swinging these huge. I mean, tiny dudes, yeah, that you wouldn't imagine ever swinging. Maces that weigh like 150 pounds. Yeah, geez. I mean, even swinging a mace that weighs 20 pounds is difficult for most people. I right. mean, when I first started out, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so it made its way west. I mean, somewhere throughout history, I couldn't tell you when, but uh, it it they've been used in the in the states for a very long time, and only recently have they picked up any kind of popularity. Um, but basically what they do is they open up the shoulder girdle mm -hmm. and get you moving 
better, really. Yeah. I mean, they, they cre help create It takes the whole better. body to swing a mace correctly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is in the hips. Right. Um, most of the strength and momentum that you build is from the hips, but just like most any so other So it's most movement. any athletic endeavor, yeah. Just like running up a flight of stairs, sprinting, squatting. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's your center of mass. Why do you think our glutes are our right. biggest muscle? Like, it's it's that way for a reason. So the, the Indian wrestlers actually use it as an accessory to uh, throwing, much like a judo-type throw. Yeah. Where, where you take a body and you sling it over your shoulder. Yeah. Because um, that's basically the, the movement that you're mimicking when you do 360s or 10 and 2s. Mm -hmm. um, so I got into mace swinging partially because of my friend Cody. He got into it because of uh, Wolf Brigade Gym. Shout out to Wolf Brigade Gym. <laughs> uh, go follow them. So this dude, Greg Walsh, uh, started this training philosophy. Uh, it, it's almost like a training cult, honestly, in, yeah. in the best sense of the word. Yeah. Um, Greg Walsh is a great guy. Um, so he, he designed these maces uh, out of metal, uh, and they mimic maces from India, but a, a true a traditional gata in a metal mace, yeah, especially a Wolf Brigade mace, are completely different. Really? Because... Well, the handle of the mace contributes to part of the weight of the mace, whereas like an Indian gata would be made out of um, clay or stone, some kind of concrete mixture, yeah. and then the handle's bamboo. So mm, the weight is predominantly in the head, yeah. and it moves differently through the air when you swing it compared to the metal mace, where okay. a lot of the, the bulk of the weight is in the head, but there is some in the shaft as well. So the metal mace will move a little bit slower and yeah. it's almost easier to learn with than uh, like a natural mace. It's like uh, Atlas stone lifting and natural stone lifting. Yeah. They're very comparable, but they're also completely different. Yeah. Um, I've made a few maces myself, homemade. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, the easiest way to do it is you take a flower pot. Mm -hmm. um, if it has holes in the bottom, you plug them up. You get some quick crete, um, pour it in there. You take a, a handle from some kind of tool, whether it's a broom or a shovel. Shovel handles work the best because of the length. Yeah. Um, drive a couple screws through it, the end of it. Uh, dig the end down in the quickcrete. Pour some water on it. Let it sit overnight. Take the mold off, and then you have a mace. And you can kind of control how heavy the mace is based on you know the size of the flower pot. Uh, in the beginning, you want a fairly light one to get the motion down. Yeah, because once you once you figure out the groove and the flow, it becomes really easy, and you can actually swing a decently heavy mace with little effort. Yes, yeah. absolutely. The heaviest mace I've swung is between fifty and sixty pounds. Jeez. Yep. Yeah, I was playing with the one that you lent Drake. That yeah. like twenty six or something. Even that was a beast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a uh, that's a twelve kg uh, Wolf Brigade mace. Okay. Yep. Uh, that was gifted to me by my friend Cody. But um, yeah, if you're interested in a quality mace, uh, go hit up Wolf Brigade Gym. Um, they're a pretty penny, but they're absolutely worth every dollar you spend on it. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, I've been swinging maces now for probably two years. Yeah. Um, before that, I did have a lot of shoulder issues and even like upper back, neck region.
type issues like I've been dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just from overpressing yeah. and, and not balancing out on the, the posterior chain. But um, the mace actually fixed a lot of my shoulder problems, and I very rarely have any kind of shoulder impingement now. Okay. Um, there are some finer points to it. Like, there's some things you absolutely don't want to do it. Like, it's kind of hard to explain. But if you're swinging with one hand, you never want to rotate externally externally with that arm. Yeah. Because that's not the way that that... There's all this weight attached to your arm, and you're mm-hmm. stabbing in one direction, and yeah. that's going to yank your arm around that way, and the humerus doesn't like... Right, turning that way, that way. Yeah. yeah. So anytime you do a one-handed swing, which you should only attempt one-handed swings once you've done two-handed long enough. Yeah. You should always uh, swing to the opposite side of whatever hand you're using. Okay. And that way, it'll save your shoulders. Otherwise, yeah. you end up, you know, you'll risk tearing your rotator cuff and all that I gotcha. stuff. I got So, but it's great, and it's a great meditative thing too because. Once you get good at it, you can sit there and do hundreds of repetitions potentially in 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And uh, once you get past 50, 60, 70 reps, then you have to focus on breathing. You can't squeeze the mace too hard because then you're taxing your forearms. Mm -hmm. It's actually a, a total body workout. And you have to maintain coordination. Otherwise, you risk taking out a leg. Yeah. Uh, hitting yourself in the head. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's it's it, it does a lot of things at the same time. Right on. So very very functional. <laughs> yeah. No no no. I mean it. It is. It teaches you to uh, use your entire body to move as a unit, which I think is important. I think a lot of people train just the bodybuilding, and I mean not that the that not that other big compound lifts don't train you to use your whole body as a whole, right. but they they limit uh, planes of motion, and I think if you do nothing but that, you can lose a bit of your athletic ability or again I don't know if it's the best term but functionality as far as how we move as a human species right and I, that's why I really I do like mace work I think it's a really fun way to incorporate that whole body conditioning where you're teaching everything to work as a unit and recruit all muscles together to accomplish one task um, what kind of things how often do you train with that are there any typical um, Workouts or movement patterns besides I know like 360s is a big one or, or halos for whoever else calls them that but uh, What other types of things do you do with the mace? You specifically um, You can do 10 and twos which are basically modified 360s. It was just you're not doing a full You're not going all the way around in a rotation. You're mm-hmm. just bringing it to like you pick 10 and 2 on a clock. Yeah, and then you just stop the head of the mace at two, and then you go back around like you would be doing a, a going the opposite direction of a 360, and then yeah. you just stop the mace at 10. Okay. And then you just repeat that process. So once once you have 360s down very comfortably, like you yeah. can do 15 to 20, then you can start doing 10 to 2s. Okay. So um, last summer, uh, I had a couple friends that I did a, a month challenge with in July or August. And every day we did, the, the challenge was to do 200 mace swings, uh, oh, wow. whether that was 360s, 10 and 2s, one-handed, whatever it is, just accumulate 200 swings, yeah, and then 200 push-ups every day for the month of August, I Heck believe. Heck yeah. Yeah. And it was great. 
Um, I didn't do any other lifting. Uh, this is why I was up at that cabin in Maine, so it was it was pretty gnarly. I made a mace out of um, uh, a, a, a vase from uh, Pier Imports, Pier One Imports. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. I walked in that place. Uh, Specifically, looking for a, a mold for a mace. Yeah, so I was like, well, I, I think I want a, a vase. Like that, that would be a good shape, you know, because aesthetically that would be pleasing. Yeah. Uh, so I walk in and I'm the only dude in there. It, it's a bunch <laughs> of chicks. Yeah. Uh, real nice ladies. But I walk in and they look at me like I have three heads. Um, my beard's all crazy and uh, I probably hadn't showered in like a week because <laughs> I was living off grid at the time. Yeah. And. Um, so one of them at the front desk, I'm walking around looking at stuff, looking for some kind of pot that, that looks like I could stick a, a shovel handle in it. And uh, the lady goes, are you looking for somebody? Somebody just went to the bathroom. Uh, you know, is that your wife or your girlfriend? And I was like, uh, no, I'm here by myself. <laughs> and she goes, well, um, can we help you find anything? And I was like, yeah, I need a vase. <laughs> And she goes, well, uh, who is it for? Is you know, is it for? Uh, is this a gift? And I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> so she led me over to some, I don't know, some shelf, and there was one sitting there that was white and blue, like kind of narrow at the bottom, much more rounded at the top. I was like, yeah, that's yeah, that's the one. That's I the want. shape. So I grabbed it. Uh, she rung me up, and she said, would you like me to wrap this for you? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Little did she know that. There was going to be concrete poured in it the very next day, and then I was going to break the vase off with a yeah. hammer. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, yeah, that's one of the... Hopefully we didn't pay too much for that then. No, nah, it was uh, like 30 bucks. Okay, not bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, you can, make it with, you can make it with a light bulb if you wanted to. Yeah. You get one of those bulbs that uh, fit over like a, a fan, one of the more decent sized ones, like dinner plate size. Yeah. Uh, any, if you can find a way to stand it up with the concrete in it, you can do it. Wow. Yeah. And there's people that get real creative with it. I had a friend who, um, he made me a mace out of a, a chicken feeder. <laughs> yeah. Like just a plastic <laughs> chicken feeder from Tractor Supply or something. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Month-long challenge. So I would go out front uh, on my front porch, do 200 push-ups, and then I would go out in the front yard and then just swing the mace for... I mean, it probably took about 20 minutes, half an hour to accumulate 200 reps. Some days I think I did 300. Damn. Um, it, it sounds like a lot, but it's really not. And it's so, it, I mean, it puts you in a trance because mm -hmm. you have to be so focused. And then you, there's this thing going in front of your face. It's like one of those stopwatches that the, the hypnotist, you know, in the, the cartoon yeah. swings in front of the guy and he's like falls asleep. So, um once you start getting into higher reps, then it's about, you know, uh, grip strength becomes a factor. But, yeah. you know, you don't want to squeeze too tight because then you're using the wrong muscles and then you don't flow properly and then you risk tearing something, which you don't want to do. Yeah. Um, I've done tricep extensions with them overhead. So just like you would do with a dumbbell or I've done them with like an easy curl bar before, yeah. you just load one end of it. You can hold the end of the mace and do overhead tricep extensions. Uh, you can do single arm curls with them. Um, you can do various different kinds of overhead pressing. I think uh, Wolf Brigade Gym has a YouTube channel with different overhead pressing techniques you can do with one of their maces. Okay. Um, 
so if anybody wants to check that out, just go on YouTube and look Wolf Brigade Jim Mace. Yeah. Look that up in the search bar, and plenty of stuff will come up. Um, you can do like plyometric style push-ups on them. Yeah. Wh- whatever you want, you anything a lot. you can think of. Yeah. You can use them to break stuff too. Yeah. I mean, they make. I mean, it is a mace. Yeah. You can use it as a self-defense tool if you want. There you go. <laughs> I used to keep mine by my bedside before I. Uh, Left it over at work to use there, but yeah, that was my joke. Is like if anyone comes in, this is maybe a weapon of choice, man. Yeah, it's equally as good <laughs> as a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, you, so you do mace work. You like doing your stone lifting, barbell work, probably a lot of traditional bodybuilding stuff as well. Right. Anything else? Or does that that sum it up pretty much as far as what you are into right now? Um, when I was much younger and much lighter, I was way into gymnastics. Yeah, I was about um, to ask because I noticed you do some ring pull-ups and holds and stuff. Yeah. Um, at, at one point when I was younger, I wanted to be in Cirque du Soleil. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but being a circus freak was, was not in the cards for me, and I'm totally glad I didn't do that. Yeah. That, that would mean that I'd have to stay, you know, pretty light, and uh, I like being a little bit bigger and yeah. a little bit stronger. Um, I just feel bad, better with, like, a, a, a layer of fat on me. Too, oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I tell people this all the time, like, I... From an athletic standpoint, when I was at my leanest, I was probably down about 8% body fat, weighed 190. And, uh, well, 190 is still pretty big. <laughs> yeah, well, for, for me, I came from 260 to 190. Okay, so, that's, that's decent. And, and right now I'm about 220, so if that gives you a right. reference. So 30, 30 less pounds than I am now. Right. And like I you know, I looked in the mirror and I was like, fuck yeah, like dude, this is awesome. On the rugby field, I was getting broken. I was actually slower my Whoa. energy just took a dive. As soon as I went back up 205, you know, 15 pounds heavier, I was faster. I had way better energy. I could see a little less of my abs, which at first was disappointing. And then I learned right. to just not give a shit. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I always preach that to people too, that like, unfortunately, the fitness industry does display all this aesthetic stuff when really a lot of times that's not number one when it comes to performance or what you really want to do. Right. And so I just throw that out there as an example. But like you said, too, you just feel better. Absolutely. Being a little my, bit bigger. I feel like my brain just works better. Yeah. Like I'm a completely different person than I was 60 pounds ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You're not starving for that energy and you've you got time to focus. Well, and I mean, it's... Uh, to go into the scientific nutrition world, I mean, the higher fat diets prove higher brain function. So right. I think there's something to holding on and having that resource that because it's fuel. That's essentially what it's your body's right. fuel. And if you don't have it, then you're like a car on E huffing and puffing trying to get to that next stop. It's that instinctual thing. Like, I mean, you also probably feel better because you have more tissue and survival is, mm-hmm. is less of a chore yeah. than it otherwise would be. Yeah, you know, your body doesn't think it's, it's knocking on death's door or anything. <laughs> right. It's like I'm running right. out of all my stores. What am I going to do? Yeah, no. So Yeah, so I feel way better now. But, uh, yeah, I used to do um, – I, I could get pretty deep into an Iron Cross. Not yeah. quite at lockout. Um, I was having a lot of tendon issues at the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, th- this was at the same time I was doing all the CrossFit stuff. Yeah. So uh, recovery was not a priority. Um, if I was to pursue it now, I'm sure I could get probably pretty deep into it if I wanted to. But um, nowhere near Olympic gymnast level at all. I yeah. would be like, um, you ever see those uh, the guys who do pull-ups and work out and stuff on the playground equipment. Yeah. Yeah, like the... Um, like the street performer people. I, yeah. I, there's a group out of Chicago that I saw live one year. 
and they were doing all that like jump roping on their butt, you know, like shit oh, like that. Yeah. But all that calisthenics, <laughs> super gymnastic, street gymnastic stuff. And then they ended up being like America's Got Talent a, a year later. I saw oh, them. Really? Yeah. But like that kind of stuff. I know what you're talking about where it's just that. It's like retard gymnastics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. When I say in gymnastics, the, in the most that's what I mean. Sense. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, it was a good time. Uh, I did a lot of pull-ups. I also climbed like for a very short period of time, like semi-competitively. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, my, the town I lived in, there was a, a bouldering gym. In free town. climb or uh, traditional like? Oh, free really, climbing. Free climbing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So just bouldering. You know. Okay. Nothing. Nothing over twelve, fifteen feet. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. I I thought you meant more like like rock climbing, like mountain. Well, I've I've done that too. Okay. Uh, I hate that because oh. I hate heights. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't hate it. I love being up there and doing it. I just, I'm like a cat. Once I get up somewhere, I have a hard time getting down. Yeah. I'm especially the same way. if I'm like tied in. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, belaying is fun as hell too. Especially when you get to belay down something super super quick on a road. Yeah. Um. But bouldering was definitely more my thing um I, I i even didn't do a lot of like outdoor climb obviously i mean i climbed a bunch of trees when i was a kid mm-hmm. I and mean, i grew up in the woods um i did some rock climbing as like outdoors as a kid most of the climbing i did was gym climbing uh, okay and i was cool with it yeah um i joined the the rock gym club team in my town I, I think I was on it for like a year. Uh, did a couple local competitions uh, in the surrounding area, um, and then just fell by the wayside. It got. I, I mean, that's when I really got into strength training. And it, strength training and rock climbing don't necessarily go hand in hand. Uh, they kind of do, but grip strength for climbing and barbell grip strength are it's way different. different. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I've injured pulleys in my hands multiple times, so I'm mm-hmm. not really interested in doing it ever again. Gotcha. Uh, but it was fun while it lasted. Um, and I think there's a lot of functionality that goes with it, too. I think that's the other thing, is you can be really strong at that. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more popular these days. Like, I see more bouldering gyms popping up in urban areas. Really? And, yeah, it's it's great fun for just average people. So yeah. if people wanted to, if that was somebody's hobby, they wanted to get better at climbing, whether mm-hmm. it was competitively, uh, outdoor, or just gym climbing, that's absolutely something you can help somebody get stronger at. Yeah. Um, but you don't think traditional strength training has much carryover to something like that? Um, not as far as barbells go i mean i think i think you can do some like rows would probably have mm-hmm. carryover barbell rows but bench press not so much yeah uh deadlift might just because of the grip strength but again hanging from your fingertips and holding onto a barbell two different things and you're yeah. very rarely going to find a hold on a rock wall mm-hmm. whether it's in the gym or on a boulder that is shaped like a barbell yeah um I think the overall midline stability and core strength that comes from a compound movement like a deadlift, uh, that has carryover for sure. Uh, gymnastics or calisthenics training absolutely does. I mean, that's what our coach would have us do. Yeah. For our like, we would train, yeah. so we would project on certain routes in the gym, 
Okay. And those changed every couple of months. They would reset all the roots. They I guess I... root setters come in and set new ones. And then our our actual training sessions, we would climb, and then we would have a twenty to minute to half an hour portion where we would just do calisthenics specific, like core stabilization, yeah. uh, grip training, putting all of those things together via, you know, just pull ups, push ups, planks, yeah, that kind of stuff. I guess I should have specified what you mean by strength training then too because everyone could have a different definition to what that right is. well i mean strength that's training, how i use the term traditional i guess is strength training i mean you can train strength with any implement you right know, you can do three sets of three uh with 90 percent of your or well 80 75 to 80 percent of your max uh stone lift yeah if you find enough stones that are in the relative weight of what your heaviest stone lift is, mm -hmm. uh, you can do that. Yeah. Or uh, you can apply the same to dumbbells if you really wanted to. Uh, I don't know enough about Olympic weightlifting. So what is what is so then strength training to you? Is that the the low rep, high load? Is that what you're you're saying? Uh, well, if you want to say traditional, to me when he, when someone says traditional strength training, I'm thinking five three one. Okay. Uh, anything that's like powerlifting or strongman specific. Yeah. But strength, as so a, I guess, what a, is a strength a, and what is being strong? Right. To you? Well, that's like asking what's functional, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that's yeah. what I'm well, getting at here. Strength to me is, I mean, whatever your goal is. If you want to rep something for twenty reps, you got to be strong enough to do that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to run a marathon. You got to be strong enough to do that. Okay. But is that aerobically? Is that mentally? Right. Is that you know? Does strength? D does barbell training actually have any carryover for that goal for you? Right. Um, and I think people can accomplish any goal they want physically in the gym without squat, bench, and deadlift. Yeah. But I think some goals that are more specific require those things yeah i mean but that's the law of sport specificity right right there. absolutely yeah yeah so i just brought that up just because you said strength training uh doesn't carry over to climbing as much and i don't want right. anyone, I, mean, I don't want anyone listening to be like what the fuck are you talking about like, right can, right right yeah. yeah no just to clarify like yeah. barbell specific squat bench and deadlift do not have great carryover to yeah. climbing yeah Oh. So if that's if your goal is to free climb or something like that, that's probably not what you need to be doing with the majority of your training time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that, that yeah, makes If you want to get sense. better at hanging from the ceiling by your pinky fingers, you should probably hang by the ceil from the ceiling by yeah. your pinky fingers more often. Yeah. Do three sets of three with, with that. Right. Not that doing <laughs> a, a hard deadlift won't have any carryover. Like you said, there's some things that do the yes. bracing, the techniques of stabilizing the core, other stuff like that has its carryover. But... Not in the, that's if you do nothing but deadlift, you're not going to get good at climbing. Right, because <laughs> that's yeah, not going to happen. One, one of the big things that I noticed was uh, uh, bracing and breathing. You don't have to do that as much with uh, main compound lifts like mm -mm. powerlifting. Right. Uh, but when you're hanging off of a rock wall upside down, you have to keep your core tight and breathe at the same time. Otherwise, you can't get enough oxygen to your hands. Yeah. And then your forearms are pumped, and you can't hold on anymore, and you fall off. Mm hmm. Absolutely. So, yep. Right on. So let's go back to the Mace Talk just a little bit and sure. your buddy Cody because I see you're repping uh, not only the it's a, it's Wandervogel. It's not a V. It's not a, like Wandervogel. Is that? Uh, well, the technical way of in German is Wandervogel. Okay. But 
this is America. So the Americanized is Wandervogel. Wandervogel. Okay, yeah. Wandervogel. Yeah. You're repping their shirt and their hoodie. So why don't you uh, talk a little bit more about Cody and what he's done and everything that you've built in that relationship with him. So Wandervogel is a brand that my friend Cody started, again, at Wandervogel Official, if you want to give him a follow. Um, basically, it's an outdoor, rewild your life type movement. Okay. Uh, I don't want to call it a brand because that's really not what it is. Um, he just created t-shirts for people to wear to rep the movement because, I mean, they look cool. Yeah. And uh, people want to see that kind of thing. But, uh, I mean, basically, if you enjoy hiking, if you enjoy being outside, if you enjoy doing anything in the outdoors, fishing, hunting, hiking, camping, uh, swimming in the lake, yeah. that's, that's wonderful. Okay. Um, Reconnect with nature. Yes. You know. And I think a lot of people need that today as well, not just strength, yeah. but a, a, a reconnection with nature. Oh, yeah. As we, you know, ad, advance, and I say that in air quotes, um, don't get me wrong, there's, I, I mean, modern technology is great, use a lot well, of it's it. Either it's either advance or die, right? Right. But right. as we as we move forward in a technological age, we become more and more sedentary and also more and more isolated from nature in our structures and our life and everything we do and we we lose that touch and I think that's where you see a lot of the big health problems that we have this day and age too. Right. And and I think like you said, it's just like this you know, being outdoors almost like a term type of medicine to yeah, it's definitely it, it's definitely a mental thing too, because you you can only do so much in the gym. Yeah, and you can only train the mind so many ways in the gym. Mm-hmm. But getting outside, being around ancient trees, walking through very old groves, is therapeutic in a way that lifting heavy shit is not. Yeah, and never will be. Right. Um, which is also why I love stone lifting because it's a very natural thing. Yeah, it's like this is a piece of the earth. The mm-hmm. rock that's spinning around this giant ball of fire in this solar system that we live in—that's a speck. Yeah, like that we can't even fathom. Right, how small it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, to me, there's something really cool about that. Like, this has been around for probably longer than I have. Yeah. And the ground that we walk on is literally the ground-up bones of our ancestors that came before us. Yeah. And to connect with that in any way is very powerful and I think people absolutely need it today more than anything Um, especially as the concrete jungle grows Mm -hmm. and the organic one shrinks yeah so what types of things does uh the Wandervogel Vogel uh, brand, or not brand, you said, but... Uh, I mean, you can call it that. That's cool. Whatever. What, what type of things does it do to promote that? What kind of stuff does he have going on right now? Or what... what it... uh, we just had a gathering in New Hampshire a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of great people were there. Um, we fished. We canoed. We hiked. Um, we reveled around a fire. Um, it's basically getting outside, having a good time. Uh, the reason why I started making shirts was so people could rep the brand when they like, you know, somebody wants to go hike a mountain. Yeah. They take a picture of, hey, look, I hiked this mountain. I'm wearing this shirt. Even if the only reason for them to hike that mountain was to take a picture with the shirt so they could feel like they're a part of something. Yeah. They still hike. They a went mountain. out and they hiked the damn mountain. Yeah, they still right? did it. Yeah. So that's that's the inner, the inner beauty of what Wander Fogel is. Okay. Like anybody can be a part of it at any time. Yeah. Um, 
it's something that he wanted to create something positive during a, I believe a time in his life uh, where there was a lot of negative going on uh, yeah. I won't speak too much for him but uh, it definitely is a very positive thing uh, and it's it's helped a lot of people in their lives yeah that I've heard lately so um, I support it 100% right on yep so um, before we part ways is there uh, any kind of uh Shout out you want to give to anyone else, or you kind of already I mentioned your Instagram covered. handle, but yeah. if you want to plug that one more time just so people can find you somewhere, um, feel free to. Or if there's anything else that you'd just like to leave the world with, a thought or anything, feel yeah, free. Sure. Uh, so my Instagram again is panzervlad, that's P A N Z E R underscore V L A D. Uh, you can hit me up on there for. I mean, if you want to get in on a, a Wonderfogel meetup or you want some training advice, whatever you Carry it is. a stone. Yeah, you want to come carry a stone or swing some maces, hit me up, let me know. Um, that's all I got, man. I appreciate Sounds, you having me on. Yeah, man, it's, it's been a pleasure having you. I think uh, people get a lot of good info out of this, and I got a lot out of it just getting to know you a little more and hearing you talk about some of your experiences. Um, with that, everyone else, you know where to find me, Adaptive Training Principles on Instagram. And uh, just come on into uh, Cincinnati Functional Fist Fitness over there in Oakley. Check me out. Come train with me for a little bit, and we'll uh, help you get to your goals. Uh, thanks again, Derek, and uh, we'll see you then next time.